Welcome to My Secret Obsession. In today's bonus episode, we are talking with Ellen Mueller, the author of numerous supernatural YA and adult fiction novels. After the interview, you can listen to the first chapter of the YA thriller, Run, Girl, Run. We're talking with Ellen Mueller, the author of numerous YA and adult fiction books that are available on Amazon's KDP and their new Vela platform. Ellen, you have a fascinating history. And you are a member of the U.S. Air Force and also a physician and surgeon. Can you share a little bit about your past with us? Yes, thank you, Karen, for having me here um, today. This is uh, wonderful being able to be on this podcast. I knew from the time I was a little girl that I wanted to work in healthcare, so I worked uh, towards that. And um, out of high school, I was working as a cashier for a while, but it was um, really uh, hard to make it out there. I decided to go in the military to get some experience and went into the United States Air Force and worked in the hospital there for a while. And then when I got out, Um, I went to college and uh, pursued um, a career in the medical field. I uh, loved taking care of people and did that for almost uh, 30 years. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, that that is um, over way over half my life. I always felt the need for a creative outlet. So uh, once I retired, I really uh, wanted to work on more on writing and stuff because um, I I loved to write stories and I loved that too when I was a kid and I loved reading books. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fascinating. Um, it's interesting that you had such kind of like when I think of um, medicine and doctors and all of that, I think of like such a science heavy background or information knowledge base and. But, you know, with the writing that's so very different, I, I can imagine that that was kind of fun to be able to go into like your head and make up stories and and kind of explore that different part of your thinking or your the way you live your life. Yes, because when you're in college, it just seems like they tell you what the curriculum is going to be and it be really heavy in science. And I love science, too. But sometimes you wish you could clone yourself and, and have three or four different lifetimes so that yeah. you could um, explore everything. Yeah, there's too much to learn and not enough time to learn it all. That's just not true. I was reading your uh, novel or the first chapter of Run, Girl, Run. So to the listeners out there, uh, when we finish talking with Ellen, I am going to play the first chapter of her book, Run, Girl, Run. Do you have any type of story? Like, I know that you said you have pets or you work with pets. Can you tell us what you do with with animals? We tend to have a lot of rescues around here. I have cats and dogs, and I work with a little bit with the Chihuahua Rescue. They let me know when there's a little Chihuahua around that needs rescuing, and sometimes they're placed in foster homes and that sort of thing. But I have two little chihuahuas that were both rescue and I have four cats. That seems like a lot. I know, but they really do need homes. Yeah. We actually have two cats ourselves. And um, well, the first one was a foster fail. My 
my girls had wanted cats and I was like, no, we're not getting any pets. And so they kind of finally convinced us that we should do fostering, you know, and I was like, okay, we can do fostering. Cause you know, when you can't have the pet anymore, you know, you can, you know, if they adopt, you don't, you're not committed. It's not like a 13 year life commitment. And um, they just fell in love with one of them. And so we've, we're a foster fail. And then uh, my other daughter was like, well, I, I need a cat too. So now we have two cats. Um, <laughs> in our house. And it does feel like a lot, although they do seem to really enjoy each other. Mm -hmm. They grow on you after a while too. I think cats are the perfect pet and dogs are, are pretty good too. I like having little dogs. All my animals are about the same size. That is kind of fun, isn't it? To, to mm -hmm. enjoy that. Come home and they're all greeting you at the door. That's yeah. Wonderful. It does warm your heart, doesn't it? Our cats will actually kind of go in and sleep with our girls and, you know, they'll cuddle up. So they're very cuddly. They're actually more cuddly than I have usually seen for cats. I know my friends had cats growing up and the cats were never around, you know, they always hid whenever people came around. So it's, it's kind of fun to see, you know, cuddling and, and interacting with us in a real way. So mm -hmm. that, that is a lot of fun. So I started your book, Run Girl Run, the first chapter. And I have to say, I really enjoyed it. It was very gripping. Do you, you. want to, I really enjoyed it. And in the, when you listen to the first chapter, um, the readers and listeners will hear that um, it is kind of a challenging situation that this young girl is living in with abusive parents. It's a story, I think, essentially about her becoming free or breaking away from that and becoming who she is supposed to be. Is that kind of where you're going with for that novel? Yes, yes, this girl has a lot to learn about the world, and she does escape her situation. There's a happy ending yeah. for her. Yeah, I like I like happy endings. Um, you know, it's it's kind of fun when you're reading and you can really get into the book and you kind of feel your character and the struggles that they're going to. So it is especially nice by the end of the book to feel like there was a, a high and closure for that um, character. And, and that is kind of fun to see that um, as people, I think we enjoy that because we feel like, you know, we have our own struggles and our own trials that we have to get through. And, but it's wonderful when, when we do get th through those things and we come out successful on the other side, I think that's a, a big theme in life. Mm -hmm. I agree. So now I noticed you have a lot of books on the Vela platform. Do you want to tell us about those? And I know you also, it sounds like you do YA and adult fiction. I do. I like writing uh, paranormal stories for adults. Okay. And I wrote The Cave Witch. And I've been releasing episodes of it on Kindle Vela, which is the KDP platform uh, for authors. And um, we're up to 50 episodes on that, which I thought was exciting. Yeah, that's very exciting. And I think there's going to, there could be 50 more uh -huh. for this is uh, before the story is um, to a point where it's open to continuing another book if people like reading it and they want to keep going with it, I can definitely write more. Well, that's wonderful. I know yeah. for, for the listeners, a Kindle Velo platform is kind of like a platform where authors will 
essentially write like a chapter or two and and post that. So as a reader, you're getting to kind of watch and follow along as the author is writing this story. So you don't pay up front for the entire book. You pay using tokens on the Amazon platform. The tokens is based on how many words are in each episode. You know, some episodes might cost a little more and some might be a little less. Tokens are a penny or less. So it's, I think that's a fun experience for readers. Yes, it is. Be completely committed to buying a whole book at once. Right. Yeah, it is nice. And I think they've figured out that it's about the same price as what you would pay on the regular platform or Mm -hmm. possibly even a little better. I noticed that you have, I'm going to post your link tree on my website so that people can see, because it looks like from link tree, I can get to pretty much all your other socials. Is that correct? That's true. Okay. And um, I'd love for people who are on Facebook to hit the uh, Facebook link and come and uh, follow me on the Facebook and see what's the newest things and connect with me on my website. I can send out a newsletter once in a while, but I don't send them all the time because I don't feel like people want them all the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I, when I have newsworthy things, I will send out a newsletter. And I have a lot of blogs on my website for people okay. to read too. Oh, that's interesting. So you're a blogger also. I did a lot of blogging. Mm-hmm. First, I was on Blogger, and I've connected that to my website. So those old blogs aren't lost, but for people who are interested in in uh, writing, and there's also free stories and other things on on my blog. I blog about different things. Wonderful. And I want to mention to you and our listeners, because this is a new thing that I've just found out about, and I've started it, and it's Ream Stories. R-E-A-M stories. And it's kind of like a Goodreads in the sense of it's just kind of for authors and people who love authors. And it's a way to connect on a more personal level with authors. Um, there's It's kind of like Patreon. I would say it's a blending of like Goodreads and Patreon. And people can read stories from the authors there. That is also, you can find authors' Facebook pages. Some authors uh, offer um, private group chats. So it allows you the opportunity of really getting to know the author and interacting with them. And it gives authors the chance to, to meet these readers that, um, you know, we're trying to help enjoy another side of life through our stories. Okay. So I may want to look into that since you have so many other um, things. It's, again, that's reamstories.com, R-E-A-M stories.com, I believe. And I am on there now too as Cherish Lively. People can look for me on there also, and I need to add that to my links. But yes, I'd be interested in doing that. I was thinking about that too. I was thinking about Ream. There's a lot of people who really enjoy that platform. Yes, it looks like there's a lot of ways you can interact with um, with each other, authors and readers together. So, so that's an exciting thing. Um, one thing I've noticed obviously with, you know, computers and uh, internet is that it's so much easier now to be an author. Um, It gives people a chance to actually, you know, try to go out and reach those dreams and make those dreams happen, you know, because you're not just limited to the traditional publishing, you know, we can actually interact with 
our readers and um, have real relationships. You know, we're mm -hmm. 50 years ago. That just wasn't possible. Um, so Karen, how many books do you have on Ream? Oh, goodness. Well, I have one or two, I think, on Ream, but they're just prequels to um, some of my other stories. I'm still in the process of setting it up, but I think I'm going to end up with all of my Amazon books. I'm thinking that I will put the first chapter on Ream so then people can see if they would like that and then go over to Amazon to uh, buy it. So I'm still in the creating stage of my Ream stories page. So listeners can kind of hop over there and take a look and kind of browse through and see what authors are promoting and helping. Mm -hmm. I noticed that um, on the Kindavella that after we're, uh, after we've finished our Kindavella story, authors are also putting that on the KDP and running those simultaneously along with Reem. Yes, I think that is true. And I, I needed to look into that with the Reem to see what the rules were. But I think that it sounds like that's kind of what I've been seeing when I, when I get on there. So, you know, uh, listeners can really find a lot of interesting books and even gifts. Uh, some authors are giving away gifts or, you know, for when they get on the ream and, and study that with the Vela, they are adding the Vela to the ream. So um, yeah, be on the lookout for that. And maybe we'll find Ellen on ream soon too. <laughs> run girl run is a little discounted right now on Amazon. I saw and oh. they're running a little bit of a sale on, on that. So that, uh, may be of interest to oh. people who want to check it out, but um, they definitely should listen to the reading. And if they want more, they can go on there and read a couple more chapters. That's wonderful. That sounds great. Please stay tuned because um, I'm going to play the first chapter of Run, Girl, Run by Ellen Mueller. Well, thank you, Ellen, for coming on. And um, maybe we can do this again in the future. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a really fun time this morning. I love it. Thank you. Well, we'll have to do it another time then. Okay. Have a, great, a great day. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you again to Ellen for meeting with us. You can find Ellen's website at ellenymuller.com. To keep up with the various novels and authors that we will feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively. Or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash cherishlively. Run, Girl, Run by Ellen Mueller 16-year-old Tracy lives in a house divided by fear and a family secret she has yet to discover. Her grandma provides a hint and the tools to unearth the past. Are the clues the answer to her prayers? If so, she'll take her younger brother, Jason, and split. One night, when her dad is in one of his violent rages, opportunity pounds on Tracy's door. Cal, a male friend, offers an escape. But there's a catch. She can't sneak Jason out with her parents watching, and her father demands Cal leave immediately. On a whim, she goes too. After all, Cal just wants to keep her safe and swears to have her best interest at heart. Caught in a current of lies and deception, Tracy swept farther from home than she ever expects. She can't trust anyone, 
not even her mother. Exposing the secret may save Tracy and her little brother, but at what cost? Chapter 1 I started the trouble. If Dad were here, he'd say, Tracy, you did it again. That's how it was, but I couldn't help it. One day, Dad pushed me too far. When I toppled over the edge, it caused a domino effect. In the end, we all paid for my mistakes. My problems surfaced on a typical Friday afternoon. Fridays sucked. Once the last school bell rang, I went home and spent the weekend with my parents. Only my little brother and our dog made it tolerable. While other moms picked up their kids or allowed them to drive their own cars, I walked. They were lucky. Their smiling mothers hugged them and asked them about their day. Good for them. I knew I was in for a rotten evening when I reached my house. I had one hand on the door, with a storm raging inside. Why, Mom? Jason, my 11-year-old brother, was normally a quiet boy, except when he played video games, not the screaming banshee beyond the front door. Because you didn't listen. Going in there, unsure if I was in trouble or not, made me queasy. Still, I didn't have a choice but to step inside. I couldn't stay in the yard all night. Mom leaned over the kitchen sink, peeling potatoes with a paring knife. No smile for me. Instead, she offered downturned lips and squinty eyes, with crow's feet marching into her hairline. Her nasty scowl matched the smell in the house. Liver and onions again? Ugh, yuck. Though feeding Dad his favorite dish put him in a better mood. Jason wiped his eyes with a paper towel. Few things reduced my brother to crying. It must have involved Dad. Only he was at work, along with his whipping belt. I let my backpack slide off my shoulder, but held onto the strap. Hey, what's going on? Dad gave our dog away. Mom's blank expression said, Don't blame me, I had nothing to do with it. Why? I dropped the bag. Mom turned and shook the knife at us. He dug up the yard. I told you two to fill in the holes. Unlike Dad, who hit us, she took her anger out on the potato, stabbing it. When she yanked the blade free, she sliced her finger. Ow! Look what you made me do! Blood poured into her cupped hand. I grabbed a dish towel. Here. In her panic, she snatched the cloth and popped me hard on the nose. Mom! Don't mom me. The red seeped out. She uncovered it, exposing a gaping wound. I might need stitches. Tracy, finish cooking dinner. Dad is on his way. With her good hand, she scooped up her purse and wrangled it onto her shoulder. Slow to change with the times, we still had a landline telephone for emergencies. Shouldn't I call him? No, cook dinner. She sprinted across the street to the neighbor's house. Her car was in the shop, and she ran like she didn't want to deal with Dad. She let me off the hook by not involving him just yet. Jason blew his nose. I wish she were dead, and Dad too. You don't mean it. With a wet washcloth, I swiped the blood splatter. It smeared over the white counter, making it look like a crime scene. A squirt of Lysol and a few more passes had it clean again. If they were gone, we could get Tigger back and live with Mimi. Careful not to cut myself, I peeled the potatoes. Mimi doesn't want us. But if we had Dad's money, we could live here by ourselves. And Tigger, don't forget him. His moist eyes sparkled, and for a second, we must have shared the same dream. But the chance of getting rid of both of our parents was nil. Someday, when I'm older, I'll find us a place. We'll take care of each other, I said, 
meaning every word. Jason was my favorite person in the world. By then, Tigger will be dead. Dad will give him to the Thompsons. They tie their dogs to trees. Poor Tigger. No more belly rubs. No more wagging tail when we got home from school. A chain on his neck would break his spirit. My eyes watered, but there wasn't time to think about it. Dad was coming. With Mom gone, we were on our own. Not that she cared to protect us from him. I scraped up the peelings that stuck to the sink and dumped them in the trash can. Do you see it? Jason asked, pointing to the garbage spilling out of the waste bin. Yeah, it's stuffed to the gills. Do you mind taking it outside? Jason pointed to something under a milk carton. Those shiny boxes? What boxes? He pulled them free. The window's light washed over the metallic wrappers. They glistened as if to say, We're special. We're not trash. I searched for those but thought they were gone. Mimi, our grandmother had mailed them to us, but Mom took them away. You don't need it, she said and stomped off to her room. She got on the phone. Mother, what the hell are you trying to do? Stay out of our business. Weeks passed and Mimi never called us again. No amount of snooping turned up the gifts. Not until today. Dad's coming. A car door slammed and a key fob chirped. Damn. I gave the liver and onions a stir and dialed up the heat under the pot of water. Jason skittered to his room with the packages. No doubt he would stow them under the bed or in a jacket pocket in his closet. Dad lumbered my way. Potatoes. Chop, chop. My heart raced. Dad was a man who demanded his dinner on time. Hi, Tracy. It smells good. Julie, I'm home. He removed his shoes and placed them neatly against the wall. It took him only a second to notice mine. I told you not to wear shoes in the house. I set the knife down and took off my sneakers and lined them up against the wall next to his and Jason's. I'm sorry. Mom was hurt and I forgot. He scratched his chin. What happened? She cut her finger. Bad. She said she might need stitches. Great. Another bill. He leaned back and kicked the shoe across the kitchen floor. She didn't mean to. Where's your brother? Mom made him mad, and he started in on Jason. I think he's shooting hoops at Rick's house. Jason was smart enough to stay quiet until dinner. Maybe by then, Dad would calm down. Jason, he called. Damn, something in my voice tipped Dad off to my lie. I never was a good liar. I chopped the potatoes as fast as I could and dropped them into the boiling pot. Little feet pattered down the hall and stopped at the doorway. Yes, sir? The backyard is full of holes. Get the shovel and fill them. Yes, sir. The dog had to go. I twisted my ankle while mowing. I can train him not to dig. It's too late. It's a done deal. Jason inched into the kitchen and grabbed his shoes. You can't give our dog away. He's family. Don't you sass me, boy. We've got bigger problems than a dirty mutt. You should have named him Digger instead of Tigger. Now he won't have a choice but to behave. Red Thompson doesn't put up with that nonsense. Jason slipped his foot into a sneaker. It's not fair. I held my breath. Jason, please go. Don't push him. Life's not fair, son. Jason's foot slid into the other one. Oh, God, hurry up and go outside.
Don't argue with Dad. The phone rang, and I exhaled. With Dad's back turned, Jason headed outside. On the second ring, Dad answered. Hello, Julie. It couldn't be her. Mom didn't have a cell phone. If she went to urgent care or to the hospital, it was too soon for her to call. But on second thought, the neighbor lady, Christy, did have a phone. No, Cal, you can't talk to her. Stop calling. He set the receiver on the hook. I want you to discourage lover boy. He's not my boyfriend. I covered the liver so I didn't have to see it and keep it warm. Besides, it gave me an excuse not to look at Dad. He had those accusing eyes, and the things he said about Cal made it hard to keep my mouth shut. He's too old for you. I thought when we left Texas he'd forget about you. But since he hasn't, I know something went on with you two. We're just friends. It wasn't like I had many in Arkansas. If Dad hadn't waited until March to move us, I might have fit in better at school. It sucked to be the new girl when the other kids had all the friends they wanted. In Texas, I knew lots of people. Tracy, men and women can't be friends. It doesn't work that way, Dad said. He has this sick idea that all guys had one agenda, sex. I picked up a fork and poked a potato. They were half done, like his lecture. Cal Russo was my last tie to Texas. My other friends moved on after I left. Oh, how I wanted to go back, if I could. I'd pack up my stuff and take Jason and Tigger with me. Did you hear me? He said. Yes, sir. I dropped my gaze. Dad had a way of staring at me until I buckled under pressure. Hurry up, Mom. She needed to come home so he'd have someone to talk to. Someone other than me. Dad never let me have my own opinion. It came down to control. He was the big boss, Brent Bigelow, like he was at work. Only he probably treated his employees better than he treated us. If only I could run my own life, I'd be happy. Next time Cal calls, you say you can't talk to him anymore. Tell him you have a boyfriend. Anything. I nodded, though I'd never tell Cal such a thing. It was none of Dad's business. His rules made me want to call Cal and talk all night. But Dad confiscated my cell phone a week ago. When my parents weren't home, I called him from the landline telephone. I told Cal I broke the cell phone. After a painful dinner, without Mom present, Jason and I escaped to his room. Ready to do this? I booted up the laptop. Jason's heart must have been pounding since he kept glancing at the door like he expected Dad to barge in and catch us. Dad doesn't know about these. He's watching television or checking on Mom, I said. Knowing if he ate dinner without calling the neighbor lady, he didn't care. He dug inside his pillowcase and pulled out the shiny boxes. What are they for? An 11-year-old boy had no idea about such things. It's one of those kits on television, you know, DNA to learn about your ancestors. I ripped into the wrapper. We have to register ourselves online, spit in the tube, and mail it back. The My DNA people will send us the results by email. I found a pen in my backpack and filled out the form. Why did Mimi send these? He unboxed the items, lining them up on the bed. I don't know. Maybe she thought we'd think it was fun. Who knows? Maybe we have other siblings. Mom might have had a baby before us and put it up for adoption. Something's going on. 
because she chewed Mimi out for sending them. He labeled his tube and spat into it, filling it to the mark. You can't let Mom know, even after we get the results. Understand? I said. Yeah, but if we have a brother or sister, are we going to meet them? Another sibling would be older than us. If they accepted us and had their act together, they might let us live with them. The endless possibilities ran through my mind. I don't know. I guess. I had barely finished the forms on the MyDNA website when Mom's faint voice filtered through the hall. Oh, crap. She's home. Tracy, where are you? Mom called. Coming, I said. Hide it, just in case. I met her in the hallway. Her smudged mascara made her look like an angry raccoon in a dark alley. How's your finger? A gauze wrap covered her hand, much like a white oven mitt. Christy said it didn't need stitches and patched me up. I'm not bleeding. The neighbor lady worked as a nurse, and it was nice of her to take care of Mom. Sorry, Mom. Why didn't you clean the kitchen? Did you think I'd come home and work like merry maids? Don't you ever think about anyone but yourself? I was going to do it after you ate. I ate already. Get busy before your dad complains. Until my finger heals, you have to take on more responsibility. Yes, ma'am. Julie, is Tracy giving you trouble? Dad asked, nosing into our business. No, everything is under control. With one word, she had the power to sick him on me. Washing dishes didn't bother me. It was the way she and Dad assumed I was lazy that pissed me off. As if that wasn't enough, the evening got worse. When the phone rang again, I had my hands in hot, sudsy water. Of course, Dad strolled in with an empty glass and answered before I could pick up. Cal, I told you not to call here. She can't. Dad shook his head. Tell him, he said to me. I dried my hands and took the phone. I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. As I tried to end the call, Dad grabbed my wrist. Tell him why. I'm cleaning the kitchen. Bye. I almost had the phone on the hook, but he'd have none of it. He forced it to my ear and mouthed. Tell lover boy. Dad had the don't test me look in his eyes. Bye, Cal, I said, and the phone clicked on Cal's end. Dad's heavy breathing made my heart pound like it could break my ribs. His reaction was one I knew all too well. I wasn't sure if I could talk my way out of trouble, but it was worth it. Cal's a good friend. I don't want to hurt his feelings. I retreated to the sink and rinsed the final dish. You don't make the rules. He unclasped his belt buckle. The sound of stiff leather rubbing against his khaki pants came next. Bend over. I dodged him. No! You can't tell me who I can be friends with. In a swifter move, he clenched my arm. Each finger dug into my flesh, locking me within his reach. A doubled overbelt whacked me, each hit stinging more than the last. Ow, stop! I'm sixteen, too old to spank. Yeah, and you still need a whipping like a little kid. You're going to mind me, or I'll make you mind me. The leather slapped me hard. While it burned, the shame was the worst. Tears streamed down my cheeks. Technically, I became a woman three years ago. Mom said so. He had no right to hit me. Stop it! Only if you call Cal and tell him. He planned to break me like he broke Tigger. Big Brent Bigelow had to be a bully. 
and the sooner he thought I submitted, the sooner I could escape. Okay, I said in a shaky voice and picked up the phone. Dad kept the belt in his hand, ready to punish me again if I didn't do as told. Cal's number was committed to memory, punching in the Texas area code, and the following digits convinced Dad I called him. A male answered on the other end. Dad didn't know the last number I pressed and called a stranger. Cal, I have a boyfriend. You can't call me anymore. I said between sobs and slammed the phone on its hook before the man could blurt out, Sorry, you have the wrong number. That's more like it, Dad said. As far as he knew, Cal and I would never talk again. My plentiful tears and snotty nose convinced Dad I learned my lesson. And I did. But it wasn't the lesson he thought. Thank you again to Ellen for meeting with us. You can find Ellen's website at ellenymuller.com. To keep up with the various novels and authors that we will feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X, at Cherish Lively. Or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash Cherish Lively.